Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Welcome back, Cracked fans, to another edition of the Cracked Interviews Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. On today's show, we have our second of 11 coaching interviews to help get all of you fans prepared for the 2021 ITA season. As I noted on our last podcast, we're going to be interviewing the head coaches from the top 11 teams of our Cracked Rackets men's tennis rankings heading into the season. Of course, the reason we have 11, not 10, it was a tie for 10th in our rankings, so we figured rather than exclude one of those teams, we'll just contact all 11 coaches, see if they'll say yes. In the end, all 11 did say yes. So again, it's going to be a really fun 10 weeks of buildup. Hopefully we get the 2021 season we're all looking forward to and certainly these athletes deserve. And look, on today's podcast, I'm not going to lie. This is one of my favorite episodes I have ever recorded. And I don't say that lightly because we have had so many phenomenal guests over the course of these three plus years doing these podcasts at Cracked Rackets. But as all of you listeners know, I'm a Wolverine through and through. The University of Michigan near and dear to my heart. I spent four years years there. They were four delightful years, and they were very formative as well. And one of the people who sincerely, I don't want to say as a mentor, because that's probably a little bit too strong, but whether it was encouragement, whether it was just, again, embracing of the things I like to do, no person maybe did that more in the college tennis world early on than our guest today. You, of course, know him as a former NCAA champion while the head coach at Pepperdine. He has coached uh, at St. John's. He's coached at Alabama, and now he's the head coach of my University of Wolverine, Mich- University of Michigan Wolverine men's tennis program. Adam Steinberg joins the show today to talk about our Wolverines, and yes, I say our to talk about our Wolverines. Uh, obviously, a phenomenal 2020 season that saw them reach the semifinals of the national indoors, reach the top five of the ITA rankings. They bring everyone back for what should be a really exciting 2021 season. Of course, Chris Hallioris joins me on the show to talk to Coach Steinberg about what that national indoor run was like. Like what it means for a program to have that sort of result, and then, of course, how you build off that result heading into the 2021 season. We also had to ask Coach Steinberg about you know, the news that Minnesota-Iowa are going to be discontinuing their tennis programs moving forward, what that means for the state of college tennis, how programs can best engage communities to ensure nothing like that ever happens. And then, of course, he talks about the phenomenal jobs the coaches at both programs have done, how, again, this is not an indictment of them, but just sort of. Uh, unfortunately the reality we're currently living in and you know again it, we talk about that but so much more as well he uh, regales I suppose all of you with some tales about our interactions when I was in college and again just a delightful podcast I suppose I apologize in advance for all of the fawning look when uh, I say it sincerely coach Steinberg Without him, this podcast probably doesn't exist. His embracing of our club tennis team, the things he was willing to do, uh, it certainly ended up in a national championship, and the hubris I had from that national championship is what ultimately led to this podcast. So uh, I suppose some of the credit, some of the fault has to lie with Coach Steinberg. But of course, I'm really looking forward to all of you listeners hearing this conversation, the reason we are able to do these things day in, day out here at Cracked Rackets, because of the support we get not only from you amazing listeners, not only from our 
incredible Patreon family. But of course, from our sponsors over at Midwest Sports and Aerobar, I will keep things simple because I know we have had a lot of Cracked Interviews podcasts of late. You know what we like to do. We like to look good. We like to feel good so that when we're on the port, we court we play good as well and that's where our friends midwest sports and aerobar come in for all of your equipment needs go to midwestsports.com use that promo code cr15 to get an additional 15 percent off your order go to aerobar.com to order up yourself the only tennis specific energy bars in the business more potassium than a banana delicious cinnamon honey oat and chocolate chip flavors and of course comes with a podcast are getting to the point episodes where we focus on the importance of fitness and nutrition have had so many great guests james blake coming on the show this week i'm not sure i believe that interview has already been released at the time of this releasing but in case it hasn't be on the lookout for that that's a really fun conversation as well the way you can go support our friends at Aerobar, go to aerobar.com, use that promo code CR15. And then just another quick reminder to hear more about our thoughts about this University of Michigan team heading into the 2021 season. Be sure to go check out Matt's article on our website, crackedrackets.com. Be sure to go check out the podcast Matt, Chris, and I did, breaking down our thoughts on the University of Michigan, where we see them heading into this season. But a man who knows more about the state of the Michigan program than anyone else out there. Coach Adam Steinberg joining us on the on the podcast today. Bleakner, let's get to that conversation. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Before we bring in today's guest, just a quick note for all of our listeners. Obviously, I take my preparation for these interviews very seriously. I want to bring you guys the most up-to-date information, get the best out of our guests. I will say this, though, heading into today's interview. Today's guest required no preparation. This is the podcast I have been waiting for my entire life, and I could argue that the reason this podcast exists might be because of the encouragement I received from today's guest. Of course, you know him as an NCAA championship winning coach, the current head coach of my Michigan men's tennis Wolverines, Coach Adam Steinberg. Welcome to the show. It is a pleasure to finally get you on the pod. Thank you. Thank you for having me. The honor of your life. <laughs> well, I almost inter- I almost wanted to say I am the guest there, you know, the guest I am most likely to get their program in trouble with with the NCAAs. But I was like, if I say that, is he going to get mad at me? Maybe not. So that I believe. That I believe. <laughs> it's also Thanks, really. It's a really short time period, too, Coach, so don't get too flattered. Okay, yeah, that's so true. Um, great to be here. Great to be with you guys. Oh, it is our pleasure, and I will say uh, we have had some other coaches on. Chris and I did an interview this morning with Manny Diaz, and he says, well, Alex, I know you bleed maize and blue, and I was like, that's true. I was like, you know what? I will accept that accusation. So all of the bias, yeah, exactly. So all of the bias out on front now, the listeners are well aware. But obviously, Coach, want to just start out here. You know, it's obviously been a stressful seven, eight, nine months for all of us. How are you and your family holding up? How's the team doing? Uh, we're good. We're um, the family's doing well, and uh, my the team is knock on wood. They're healthy, and uh, we got back to practice. It's been a really fun fall, actually. You know, obviously, you know, going through what everyone's going through, we we kind of made the best of it, and 
and the guys are doing uh, very well. So it's been uh, we're, we're okay. Yeah, that is so great to hear. And you know, we obviously have to start here uh, for your Wolverine semifinals of last year's national indoors. What a run it was! And you know, to once we approach uh, mid March, you guys had played some outdoor matches, but then obviously we get the word that the season is going to be canceled. I'm just curious, what is it like to have to communicate that message to your team? And what were you know the subsequent immediate months like when there was so much confusion? Um, yeah, no, that was uh, obviously a really tough day, but it was a really tough day for everybody. So, you know, it wasn't just Michigan tennis that was shut down. Um, I think it was it was hard for for everybody in our sport and everyone around the country and the world, that's for sure. So we knew it was way bigger than, you know, just not being able to play tennis. Um so conveying that message was hard. Uh, you know, you're, you're top five in the country for the first time in a very long time. You're having a great season. And Connor Johnson was our only senior. We didn't know at the time that he was able to come back. So that was that was very difficult. I think that's what the guys were thinking about more than anything was, wait a minute, does Connor not get to play anymore? So when we heard the news that he was able to come back, that you know soften the blow a little bit and you know as time went on um the guys went home and and you know it was uh, it was uh it was definitely a different spring for me that's for sure stay at home dad was was not easy with a puppy and oof <laughs> coaching was way easier that's for sure uh especially when my wife went back to work it was uh I learned a lot about myself uh, through those months, but um, but it was also really nice to be home with the kids, uh, not traveling. It's been a long time, so you know, positives uh, and obviously a lot of negatives regarding the virus and everything people are going through. So, yeah, no, of course, one of the highlights of my. I guess pandemic situation has been it was like I want to say mid-August and you can correct me if I'm wrong Chris but we hadn't chatted in a little bit you know I'm not going to call him unless there's college tennis going on but I had to call Chris and just say hello and he goes you know Alex I actually missed you and I was like oh my god Chris I was like I missed you too and I was like men have forgotten how to show affection for one another and so that meant a lot to me Chris but you know you talk about managing that pandemic for you coach and you know trying to figure out what's the plan how do we keep everyone on the same schedule how have you gone about doing that and you know how are you feeling about you know the current culture the current state of your team yeah it was um you know there was some really uh nice parts of you know regarding when we weren't together in march april may june you know all those months um we started there we, we really tried to stay together we you know had a lot of zoom calls with the team we had um you know, I saw a different side of some of the guys through that uh, lens. It was it was interesting. Um, we you know we had the guys do some projects. We we really tried to stay together as much as we could, and um, so that was nice. We have a really close group, and the culture's you know pretty great right now. So it was so we we obviously stayed in touch. Um, and then going into the fall, um, some of our international guys did not come back for the fall semester just were a little bit uh 
scared and coming back with the virus and, and different things. So those guys stayed back. And then, but we had eight players here and it, it's been awesome. I mean, we've, we've been able to practice. They've been able to go play at, at a bunch of these UTR events on their own. And um, so it's been nice. I really missed being on the court, man. It was, I've never in 40 something years been off the court that long. So it's, it's been a lot of fun, actually. I'm kind of sad that the fall's coming to an end because, because it's been great. And the culture's really good. Uh, the guys are in a really good place. They're, they're really looking forward to uh, a season, we hope. Yes, yeah, so, so you, you mentioned some of the guys playing events. Coach, how, how many of the guys have you had there? Like, I know one, if not both, of the CMARs are playing, uh, you know, Futures Overseas. How, how many of the guys have been there during the fall, and how many of them have been playing, uh, you know, elsewhere uh, during the fall? Yeah, so four of the guys, um, Andre Styler, the Seymour brothers, and Harry Brown, our four international guys, they stayed home this fall. But they're playing and they're competing. Um, you know, Matthias and Christopher are playing a future right now in Estonia. And um, and then we had eight guys here on campus that have been practicing with us. And they've, they've really taken advantage of the events um, that the USTA and UTR have put on. And they're... You know, they're playing all over the place. Two of the guys, Andrew and Patrick Maloney, are playing right now in Orlando at the, at the you know, I think it's called the National Fall Championships there. And um, the other guys are, been, they've been playing a lot. So it, it's been, it's been really, uh, it's been nice. I, obviously, we wish everyone was together, but we completely understood the situation um, that they felt more comfortable staying home. Um, being from another country, but they'll be back in January. And, you know, due to them being able to go to online school, they were able to still keep up their studies. They're doing great academically. So it's been, uh, so it's working out so far, uh, knock on wood. So how, how, talk a little about how the, uh, the, the recruiting has, has gone kind of over the last, you know, really this year because of the dead period and all the things that have happened, uh, you know, what have you uh, and and Ben been able to do, and how much have you or have you been able to kind of leverage any of the the guys you mentioned the four international guys? I'm not sure, you know what what kind of uh, what kind of work they may maybe have been able to do for you uh, with you guys not being able to travel to do any of that. But so uh, you guys are trying to get me in trouble with the NCA. See, I know. <laughs> believe first of all, if there was ever an answer like that, I would cut it so fast from the podcast. I'd be like, no one's hearing that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, no, we, we don't, we don't have the guys out there recruiting for us, but we, um, you know, what's interesting is that I have actually, it's been, I mean, obviously, you know, it's been hard more so for the junior players. It's been tough because the coaches haven't been able to travel and see them. They're not being evaluated. You know, it's, it, I think it's really hard on them, um, especially the juniors and seniors that, um, and even the younger kids coming up, like they, you know, that, that's, that's tough. Um, you know, that there's no Kalamazoo, there's no clay courts. They, you know, they, they, they miss out on those opportunities to be seen. But um, I've, you know, there's, we've done, you know, some, some Zoom calls with the recruits. That's been, uh, actually, it's been a great thing. And, um, you know, a lot of phone calls and just, you know, text messages and just trying to stay in touch with these kids. Um, so, it's almost, you know, we're, you're making almost a 
triple effort to really get to know them because we can't go see them. So that part's been okay, but the uh, not being able to see them play in person is hard, especially I, it's hard on the coaches, but I think for the players, it's, it's tough on them. Um, um, yeah, because that's, they, that's you know, it's their only chance in their life that, you know, this is my chance to be seen and, and they're not. So, yeah, that's, that's the part I was almost a little more, more curious about, right. With that, with the coaches not being able to get out yeah. there. I was kind of wondering if these guys that are out playing tournaments are actually coming back and, and kind of giving you the, Hey coach, you really, you really need to see, you know, <laughs> Joe X play that, that kid's good. Uh, and, and, <laughs> yeah. and the only way you can, right. Is if you happen to watch a futures that's got a live stream going or something right. because, yeah. because there's nothing up right now. Yeah, no, we, um, Maybe I need to get my players on it. They know, but they, 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 they've been, uh, um, they, we haven't done that, but they, uh, the, we just used a lot of video, you know, we, we've asked to, you know, watch more video than I think I, of players more than I have in the last 10 years. Um, so that, that's, you know, probably the main vehicle we've been using and hopefully soon we'll be able to get out there and, and and watch these kids play and, and, uh, you know, and get me out of the house. <laughs> what, what wife, is the I think my wife used to complain that I was traveling too much. Now she's like, is that dead period over yet? <laughs> <laughs> so what is the best way for those kids right now? You know, you, you talk about the fact that you can't go see them. Have you seen a shift or is it really the same as it, that it used to be, but maybe more of it, but how, how do these kids that want to get, you know, they, they want to say, Hey, I want to play at Michigan. How do I, how do I get myself in front of them since coaches aren't out here watching me? What's, what, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I, yeah. I mean, it's, it's through video. It's, you know, they're out playing and, and just showing results and, and just, you know, I've noticed a, uh, how do I say it? I, I've noticed that these prospects, these kids have really reached out a lot more and are, you know, being a lot more aggressive and, and getting in front of uh, coaches. I speak to other coaches. I, I hear the same thing. And um, so that's a great thing. And, but obviously, you know, it's, it's all through video results, the UTR, I mean, and, you know, the, for a while there, there wasn't even much competition out there for them. So that was really hard. Um, but now the tournaments are starting to come back and results are coming in. So, you know, we just have to, you know, that's the world we live in right now. So we have to make the best of it. And that's what we're mm -hmm. doing. No, absolutely. And, you know, again, in terms of uh, for your team this year, you bring in uh, Jacob Bickerstaff, who was one of the top kids in Michigan. And, you know, it, it helps across the country. As you mentioned, the NCAA institutes the waiver, allowing seniors to come back. And so you get your entire roster back this season. You add Jacob to the mix. Uh, what what does that continuity, you know, this feels awfully similar to that 2018 team when you brought back Alex Knight and Leo Juan, Carter Lynn and Davis Crocker and the whole lineup's back. We saw what continuity meant then. Like I said, I didn't have to prepare for this one, Coach. I'm ready. But, um, you know, yeah, I could go through the whole lineup. What, what we did at six singles that year, was it the right choice? No, I'm just kidding. Um, but, you know, uh, for the continuity this year, what does that mean for you heading into this dual match season? Yeah, it means a ton. It's... Uh... It's it's like we didn't it's our season that we just continued on. I feel like even with those guys not here, just being at practice with the same players, um, it's like we just you know like practice just continued. We just had a break, you know. It's uh, 
which is a great thing. You know, like I said before, our culture is pretty strong um, and it's, it's, you know, the most important part of what we do and who we are and as a program and adding Jacob has been awesome. He is doing great. And I, I even said to Benjamin Becker, my assistant yesterday, I'm like, man, he's in, he improves every day. And um, so, you know, having him and has been really nice. And, you know, he's a Michigan kid. So he's, uh, you know, he's been to many, many Michigan matches. So he's very comfortable with the university and and our team and and, and how we do it. Um, so, yeah, it's it's uh, it definitely helps um, without a doubt to have everybody back and hungry as ever as well and really motivated. Mm-hmm. No, I'm, I got the chance to see both him and Beattie play a little bit this summer, and I was very excited. Again, looking for an excuse to come home to Ann Arbor. I found it. Um, and, you know, you, you look at this team, uh, as you mentioned, to get to continue last year. Uh, obviously, if I would have told you after that NC State match, the 4-3 loss, that you were going to go from there to a dramatic 4-3 weekend in ITA kickoff to the semifinals of the freaking national indoors, you probably would have slapped me in the face. You'd been like, Alex, that, that sort of confidence doesn't help our team right now um but you know that experience what did it mean to you to the program and just you know what does it mean heading into this season because obviously that's an inflection point in a program's history without a doubt i mean that was a moment that we really needed um it was the first time since i've been here in the six years that i really saw belief in this team to go out and compete with anybody and um they didn't care you know, I remember at the indoors, they didn't really care who we played, who was on the other side of the net, where I think if you asked them a year or two before, that would not, it would have been a totally different um, deal. So, um, yeah, it meant, it meant a ton. It, it gave these guys, like I said, belief and confidence in this program, not just in themselves. And, you know, our goal is to win a national championship. That's why, you know, we, we come to Michigan. Um, and that's what we talk about, um, that, you know, (laughs) that's what we work towards and to see these guys playing in the semifinals against a great USC team and being right there to win it. And obviously, you know, you know, we lost a close one, but even through that, I, I, there's just a totally different look in their eye. And since then, and, and, you know, it, it's, it's great. We, it was like the perfect timing um, for these guys to have success like that as well. And, and obviously the season was cut short. So we got, we just got it in, which was, which was great. Um, but there, you know, especially with everybody being able to return, um, they're seniors. I mean, this year is going to be crazy. There's so many. I mean, I, it'll be the deepest. I think college tennis has been maybe ever. Just be one, being that one of those reasons. Yeah, coach. You, you mentioned that uh, you know you you come to Michigan to win national championships, and I I I have to plead honestly to you that <laughs> since 1957, the only men's team national championship trophy in that case is Gruskin's stinking club <laughs> national championship trophy. 
and I'm tired of hearing Don't about worry. it. Don't worry, I know all about help it. Me out. <laughs> I know, and we are so proud of that trophy. You can't imagine. <laughs> you interrupted a dual match with that trophy. Um, <laughs> that I that I will bring up every time we talk. <laughs> uh, hey, a four-three victory for our Wolverines that day. I might add. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It would have been four-two except for that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Like I said, I'm the one who's most likely to get us in trouble with the NCAA. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, I get you. I mean, that was uh, – that's our goal. That's that's what we're striving for. That's what we work towards. You know, we try to um, – we, we, you know, especially after last year, I think the guys believe that we can be one of those teams um, that can compete for – for a title and um and that's you know and this is a place i've always felt that it can be done so um you know i know it's been a long long time but we're working you'd be proud of these guys on a daily basis working towards it that's for sure absolutely and you know again even saying the word that usc match i start to be like ugh, ugh, but just to you know to look back on that run obviously in that first part of the season to have andre clinch match after match just in these ridiculous scenarios to have fenty clinch against columbia you've obviously had some really strong players on your teams before not just at michigan with knight and leo as your top two but you know back at pepperdine whether it's sebastian fanislow whether it's the 2006 team do you think Andrew and Andre can be because you know depth is what separates people in college tennis from you know top 20 to everyone else but once you get to the top of the game you have to have a top two who can compete with anyone do you think you have that in Andrew and Andre oh without question yes uh we do and um yeah we feel great about the top of our lineup um you know Andre coming in really I mean was a great number two last year. I think one of the best uh, players in the country just has great skill set and size and strength. And um, so, yeah, no, we're, uh, but like, I know it's, I'll say it again, you know, there, when you get into the top 20 and even in college tennis, even (laughs) it goes way past that. I mean, the number one and twos, whoever we go up against are so strong. Um, But we feel that we have uh, from last year, two guys that can compete with anybody. And, you know, when we write their names down as our number one and two, we're, you know, we feel great about it. And so that was a big boost getting you know having Andre join the team last year was a huge boost for us singles and doubles you know putting him at second doubles with Connor was added a lot of depth to, to our doubles and to our team so no we feel good about it they just you know they just have to stay healthy and um, we got to get Andre back here in January and we'll get ready to go Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. And I think Andre's results, as you mentioned, they speak for themselves. To Andrew, real quick, and we had the chance to have him on the podcast uh, during this off season. And obviously, you know, he's one of the most talented juniors in the country. And then at the end of his freshman year, he's playing number one. He beats J.J. Wolf indoors. Obviously, that was a huge moment. And then, you know, it just seems like something seems to be clicking with him. And it, it, I, correct me if I'm wrong here. And, you know, I, I asked him about this as well. To me, he just seems like someone who plays to the level of their opponent. And that means when he's playing someone really good, he plays some of the most outstanding tennis I've 
seen. And so I guess my question is, is that something you have noticed as well? Is it working on getting him to be that top guy, you know, every day in, you know, every day in practice, every day in the dual matches? Because I think he has that sort of upside. I'm going to offer you our assistant coaching position. (laughs) 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 You you got it down. Um, Yeah, no, that's actually um, spot on. You know, I, I think when he sees somebody at a very high level across the net, it, you know, he, it brings out his best tennis for sure, without a doubt. Um, so, you know, for Andrew, you know, it's being consistent every day. I, I know it's probably cliche, but it's really true for him, no matter who he plays, no matter, you know, you know, practice match, or, you know, early round in a tournament or a dual match, it doesn't matter. Um, one thing about Andrew is that he loves tennis and he loves to compete. And um, and he's, I mean, in my 31 years, Andrew has come such a long way in in a short time in so many ways. So it's it's special to watch his success. Really is. And and I know when we play a USC or we play a top team, I know that his level is going to really rise to the challenge and it's fun to watch, man. It, it really is when he's playing like that. Yeah. Coach, I, in, in looking at all the guys results from the fall and obviously nobody wants, you know, you're not going to call out a lineup right now for the year, but the no. guy that's the guy that stands out to me from the fall is Pat Maloney. I mean, yeah. the, the, he beats Cannon Kingsley. That's a, huge win right yeah beats beats gianni ross in the in the same tournament has beaten some of his own teammates right in some of the fall circuits and in, in nick and 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 jacob yeah. and gets a win over alex brown former number two for illinois now out at loyola marymount uh i mean just some huge huge wins for him he's i mean he's got to be looking like uh like a guy that you know where he wasn't last year he's you know very solidly looking like a solid you know probably middle of the lineup guy now yeah i can't give my lineup out you have some listeners but um pat i'm glad you brought him up he's made a huge jump and it's been a big shot in the arm for our team it really has inspired the other guys like they they talk about it a lot and um and yeah you mentioned that i mean he's he's had a lot of success the number one thing with pat is staying healthy and when he feels good for an extended period of time he's dealt with a lot of injuries last year was really hard um he's had a, a couple different things that never really got him you know got him off the ground um but you know he's he's feeling good and and when he you know he's got great skill and he's he's a very good tennis player very smart um and he's had a great fall you're right he's uh it's been really fun to watch um him get those wins because like i said he was very frustrated last year with a lot of injuries and always trying to fight back and then he would you know he would have setbacks and um but so hopefully uh, i'm knocking on my desk i'm on wood that he's you know he stays healthy and um he's gonna be I don't know where he's going to play, you know, for us, but I know he's going to have a big impact um, on our team this year, without a doubt. Yeah, people may not know this about him, Coach, but this is some insider reporting. He actually didn't hit puberty until the summer going into his sophomore year. He grew like five more inches, put on 30 pounds. I see him. I'm like, dude, you're not Patrick Maloney. Like, you are a... Yeah. 
Exactly. That's insider reporting. Uh, uh, no, but insider reporting. Yeah, no, it's true. And he's getting stronger. He's getting bigger, and he's worked really hard um, over the over the break. Um, he's got a great setup at home with a lot of players and coaches, and, and he's took it. He's taken advantage of it. So proud of him. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. And just to follow up on a couple of other guys, and um, again, just I, I promise to our listeners, we will be doing this with all of the coaches throughout our ITA previews. We're not just getting in this depth because it's Michigan, but you know, Connor's ego is big enough, so we can leave him aside. I think you know, last year in particular, the the thing that made us us sorry, I can't help it that made us so good uh, was just the jump we saw from Nick Beatty. And I mean, I saw it this summer; it was real. I asked myself through. February I was like is he just treeing like what am I missing here like how does he get this good but it's just so clear the work he has done has paid off and to have him and Connor as your senior leaders back again what does that do not only for your depth but just day in day out in practice yeah the special guys I mean they're great people that love this team and love their teammates love Michigan and you know Nick um you know he's improved you know so much he just loves tennis he just you know he didn't play much his first few years and you know he he you know there's nobody i've coached that loves playing in a dual match and being part of a team more than him and connor as well so um having those go those guys back has been a great uh thing for jacob um, our freshmen um, they've been a great influence on him and and, and the other guys um, so it's it's great for me and Benny um, and Garrett that you know that we have leaders like that that are an extension of us that you know they the best thing about Nick and Connor is that they live our philosophy and and really believe in in how we play and how we practice and our identity as a program and and they're special i mean i um you know i can't say enough about the two of them so you know i i know nick had a great year connor also had a great year um finally in the singles lineup you know he's been a great doubles player for us so yeah those guys um you know we're we're i'm looking forward you know i think a lot of the guys almost i don't want to Maybe I shouldn't say this, but they a lot of times they want to win for those two. Um, so they go, they finish their careers, you know, at the top. That's for sure. How, how about uh, doubles, coach? I know, obviously, when you bring everybody back and then you add add Vickerstaff to the mix, I mean, you it's not a bad start for sure. But you had some great some great doubles up top between the fact that you've got Matthias and Fenty and Styler and Johnston, and then, uh, you know, filling in a, a third team are, are you, are you trying new combinations up there or are, the, are those top couple pretty, you know, pretty set because of the way they've, they've played, you know, over the past year. Uh, and, and what's, how's that looking for you? Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I mean, I, I, you know, I definitely think Andrew and Matias will will play together. They they've done so well, and they have a great chemistry on the court, and and they're a really good team. Um, after that, we'll see. I mean, we we have a lot of guys, and we're we're working hard on doubles. That's for sure. Um, I don't think you could ever win a Big Ten championship or a national championship without winning the doubles point. Um, I mean, you can, but it's very, it's so difficult with how good and how deep all the teams are. So 
that want point to us means a lot and i know it means a lot to all the teams so we we work on it and and when the guys get back in january we'll try to figure out those those other doubles teams um and it's going to be interesting um, because everybody's in, improving and their skills and doubles are improving so you try to give them a chance as well i don't want to just say hey these are the doubles team but so we'll see i, I connor and andre did great together and that's you know, if I had to put it down now, they would they would be playing together. But um, we'll see um, how it goes. But, but we we definitely have to get our uh, doubles going um, for sure. That's it's crucial to our to our team. Mm-hmm. Would would you say Connor's two handed swinging backhand is the greatest shot you've ever seen, or the uh, yeah, it just defies physics, right? It's just I don't get it. And I don't I. It's, I remember he wasn't at practice the other day. He wasn't hitting it that much. And I'm like, hey, what are you doing? Um, <laughs> I go, that, you never, that's never leaving our program. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> it's uh, definitely unique, but but he, it's Connor Johnson's and he owns it. So it's, uh, I know the other players when they've never played him before, like their eyes pop out of their head. Like, what is that? <laughs> But it works for him, that's for sure. He's uh, He's been doing it his whole life, so he's used to it. Yeah, no, I've never seen someone more flustered than more bullish during that match when he was just like, I don't know what to do, coach. He's like, I just don't get what's going on here. And I was like, yeah, been there. Like, yeah, anyways. Uh, but no, it's, it is one of my favorite shots. And, you know, uh, obviously, uh, it, we're all really excited to have a top five team bring everyone back, add Jacob Bickerstaff into the mix. And, you know, you didn't really get to start the Big Ten season prior to last year uh, being canceled. But assuming we have have a 2021 season and I know that's a big assumption we can talk about that in a second but is the ex- expectations too strong but the goal is to win a Big Ten championship correct yeah I mean for sure you know our, our goal is is to win championships here and the Big Ten is you know obviously that's that's the first step um, at the end of April and yeah, I mean that's that's what we're training for on a daily basis and and we know that you know we that's something that hasn't been done here in a very long time so um you know i what can i say we're, we're working you know as hard as we can um to get there and and we have some great teams in the conference which is awesome which which you know i love and and a lot of other teams are really improving we have i think some awesome young coaches in our conference that do a great job and so i'm excited about the big 10 i love our conference i really do and um so we uh we'll see i just i just you know i i hope everything goes okay and and we can get it in this year that's for sure Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, speaking of the conference, and uh, obviously there's been so much turmoil, so many tough things have happened to various athletic departments, different decisions that have to be made. Uh, obviously, we learned that the programs in Iowa and Minnesota are going to discontinue, I believe, after this season. And you know, just to, can you, for people who don't know, you know, Minnesota was perennially a Big Ten powerhouse throughout the late '80s, throughout the '90s. They are a traditional Big Ten, you know, heavyweight. And just to hear those decisions. You know, what was your reaction to that news? Shocked, stunned, uh, really, really upset about it. Um, and I was going to talk about it. I mean, you know, I, 
I don't. I can. I can't imagine if I'm feeling that way. What the players and you know Jeff and Ross are feeling, and their assistant coaches, and and just it was really really hard to get that news. Um, and I'm sure for them it's just beyond devastating. And it you know it's it hurts our conference. It hurts college tennis. It, but more importantly, it, it to me it's. It hurts these kids, and I know we're in, you know, we're going through a really tough time um, economically in this country. I, I understand that, and college sports get hit so hard, um, but it's still, it's painful to see um, two programs and two very successful programs, you know, Ross at Iowa has been doing amazing you know they i think they were top 25 when the year ended last year and jeff at minnesota has done so well and like you said has great tradition for tennis at minnesota and um both play in awesome facilities and it's sad it, it really is i don't mean to go on and on about it i um still it's uh it's very sad to see us losing two programs like that no absolutely no, I, I appreciate you sharing your perspective because I think we all feel the same way. And yeah, we had Coach Wilson on uh, earlier in the year as well, and his program had cracked the top 20. I think it was for the first time in program history. And, you know, yeah, and he's such a great man, too. <laughs> I remember. Yeah, I mean, and they beat us bad, and, and he had that team playing really well. And yeah, so... I know. I, I'm I'm with you. I share uh, the sentiment for sure. Yeah, and I know there are various things, uh, various causes being promoted by the Iowa team, by people in Minnesota to try and get those programs back. But, you know, I've been to those Michigan matches, and of course there is always, you know, it has to be mentioned, being Michigan has advantages. There are just things the Michigan Athletic Department can do that they draw that other schools can't. But, you know, you go to those matches Friday night, Saturday night, whatever it may be, you're going to have some fun. It's going to be a great atmosphere at the VTC, and I suppose to maybe any coaches or programs or just people out there who are wondering what do you think programs can do to engage themselves with the community to you know ensure that this sort of thing doesn't happen elsewhere yeah and I, you said it i mean it's uh it's heartbreaking how many programs have been dropped in tennis um in the last year and and not just the last year you know throughout the last 15 20 years it's it really hurts me personally when I see it because I love college tennis so much and it's just it's just heartbreaking and I think like you mentioned it that I mean just you know really um, getting the team out in the community and with your alumni and just not just you know I learned a long time ago not just building a team but building a program it's you know I think they're they're different and I think it's so important that that you embrace the community in terms of the getting kids out to play tennis and and just um doing whatever you can um for an AD to say you know what this program's too important on our campus to just drop like that but with all that said and done, I feel like, you know, when a pandemic hits and you're in an environment you've never been before, I think, uh, you know, a lot of that goes out the window almost and you just have to sit and pray that your program is not the one who gets hurt by this. But 
because you know it's not Ross's fault, it's not Jeff's fault, it's no, you know, I just think that it was, it's it's uh, it was a very difficult time. But even before, like I said, the um, coronavirus programs were still being dropped, and and I, I just think there's things that that we need to do, obviously better. Um, in the community, like I said, I'll repeat myself, you know, with the alumni um, and and getting fans out and getting people excited about your program. And, um, you know, I know I can name coaches that have done such a great job with that. And um, because, you know, I, I'm biased, but, I, you know, I, I think coming to a college tennis match is, is a great experience. So um, we got to get more people out to see it and understand the sport that we have and how cool it is. I completely agree with you. And to credit you and your program, it's, again, a firsthand testimonial. You do not have to take the time to come yourself, send your team members, send a volunteer assistant for us down the home stretch for our club tennis team to help get us ready. You don't have to do all of those things, but you know what that made all of us do? All, you know, 60 of us would show up at every dual match. It's a no-brainer, and it's like a lot of schools across the country. You have a club tennis program. That's just a great place to start. And that was what I was going to say. Yeah, and that's a great start. And also just on campus i mean doing just even with the other athletes and just you know really getting the guys to um on campus getting the students you know to out to our matches you know really um having affiliation with the club teams which was amazing as you know um you know when you were here and and playing i think there's a lot of things like that um, that you can do, and, and and hopefully that's enough to to keep our programs vibrant and alive. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I always say just get them in the door. I mean, I had non-tennis roommates who'd be like, "Yeah, I'm coming to the match. Sure, it's always fun." Um, and you know, just getting these people in the door. When you watch a doubles point in a college tennis match, you're going to want to come back and watch another doubles point. I promise. Yeah, all of you. Yeah, all of the listeners. That. But all right. Some. Oh, I was going to say sorry. Some some fun questions for you down the home stretch here because obviously, yeah, it's the first time we've had you on the show, so now is the moment. I should say, by the way, uh, the relationship you build with with our club team that's why and yeah there were some social lubricants involved as well but we felt comfortable bringing that trophy to a match because we were like they they have to see it they have to see it we got the job done um but you know so i was at that 2016 uh 2018 excuse me sweet 16 uh round of 32 match against notre dame where you know miles clinches the victory you get the program back to the sweet 16 and i saw the look on your face and you can't fake that sort of emotion and what that moment meant to you and i just wanted to ask you about it what did that mean to get this program back to the sweet 16 yeah i'm feeling it right now as you talk about it i yeah it meant it meant so much to um for michigan tennis to be back where i feel it belongs and um it meant a lot personally for me as well um if i can say that just mm-hmm. you know big move to bring my family here and believing in michigan and and starting at such a you know you know we didn't start off my first year very you know we we were starting from the bottom and and to see where we came in such a short time and to see miles clinch that match it's a lot of emotions and very special something i think about often um 
thank you for asking about it because it means a lot and it, it really was a springboard again for our program we always talk about taking steps forward and that was a massive step forward for us and a team that i thought was deserving of being one of the top 16 teams for sure no, I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about the match. I remember seeing Miles' face and just him, Knight, Leo, what it meant to that team in particular because of they were there for four years and it was their last go-around. And, you know, again, I feel those same vibes about this team, and I take that for whatever it's worth. Um, but, you know, again, I'm feeling excited about it. All right, uh, you mentioned the fact you guys did a lot of Zoom conferences with your team over the summer. I think I can guess the answer, but if there was one team member who, if you could just mute, mute him for the duration of the Zoom, everyone would be better off. Who do you pick? <laughs> who do I pick to, to mute? Yeah, who are you muting on the Zoom? Oh, I like that question. <laughs> Let me think. Um, some guys mute themselves. That's not good. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I would say, boy, if Miles was on the team, that would be an easy one. But um, this team, I'm going to say Johnny Yaffe. <laughs> A guy from L.A. who I love to death. Um, but him, um, I would probably I would probably pick Johnny on that one. Mm-hmm. For sure. He's an interesting guy, really fun. Um, but sometimes we, we kind of have to mute his, his screen. <laughs> <laughs> all, right, all joking, all joking. We love him. <laughs> so I, I've got one here. I, I am, in, in general not a fan of the sleeveless shirt outfit in tennis but that being said you know you you have to have the physique to back it up right if i look at the top two in your lineup those guys (laughs) they're huge so i so so behind michigan who's the next who would be the next most intimidating top two to look at if they came out sleeveless oh good question michigan Outside of Michigan, who do you look at and go, oh, now obviously Illinois does it a lot. And when AB was there, it was a lot more impressive. But, you know, uh, I think they're off the, out of the running with him and Loyola Marymount now. But, uh, or where, no, as Keenan Mayo that went there. Actually, he is yeah, there. Keen, yeah. Yeah, Keenan Mayo went. But I was going to, I was going to mention him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, you had massive. Mayo and Alex Brown, the two of them. Holy cow. <laughs> <laughs> you know who's strong and you know maybe zeke clark he he's yeah. he's a strong guy too even though he's you know he yeah but that's a yeah. that's an interesting one for me yeah and sleeveless fits the zeke clark persona I'm not a huge fan of the sleeveless either actually but the guys love it so we we go with it a little bit we only have one shirt like that so well i think it's because you and i know that neither one of us can actually rock the sleeveless shirt <laughs> so we can't be fans. <laughs> hey 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 that's not very nice yeah, his his words, not mine. Coach. But very true, very true. <laughs> yeah, yeah um, sure. Um, all right, I want to switch gears now. Again, another fun moment for you. Let's go. You know, you arrive back in Malibu with a national championship in your, uh, you know, in your belt. Uh, what's the first thing you do to celebrate winning a national championship? What did I do, or what <laughs> should you do? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe both. Um. What you know, people have asked me that, and 
And what I did is, um, which I wish going back, I regret is that I went back to my hotel room and answered all my text messages and calls and emails all night. <laughs> and I wish I would have gone and enjoyed myself a little bit more than I did. Um, so my answer is not fun at all. And I'm sorry, I'm ruining, I'm ruining your segment. Um, but that's, I, I remember we had a celebration a little bit at the hotel with the athletic department. And then I, I, that's exactly what I did. I went back into the, uh, um, into my hotel room and, and answered my, uh, messages all night, which was a lot of fun actually hearing all that. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I can I can imagine. Yeah, there are probably some perks. Well, then what do you think more fondly of that moment or the fact that your first year with St. John's 15 and one record, which is kind of ridiculous in retrospect? <laughs> I love my time at St. John's and I think about my time. You knew my record at St. John's. I know everything, coach. I was ready for this one. <laughs> <laughs> um those were um i think about st john's a lot actually i'm i'm again i'm glad you you brought that up i i loved my guys there i loved the experience there and winning at st john's was so much fun it really was because i was just starting out and in my career and i just i was like man this is the coolest job ever and and then on top of it winning matches it was it was awesome and i was so young so it was it was great i loved mm-hmm. it there I I do not believe that you started your coaching career 30 years ago. That did like what were you 12? They were just like, "Hey, take over the take over the St. John's team." That is unbelievable, coach. And what a mm-hmm. So then I'll give you one last serious question. Uh, you know, 31 years in college tennis. What keeps drawing you back to the sport, especially, you know, again, we see athletics department chopping it. You obviously believe strongly against that as do we here at cracked rackets what about college tennis keeps bringing you back in the guys that's an easy one for me the players um you know you you really actually you know you brought up the national championship you really learn i think learn but i i learned after that winning that match of why i really do what I do and love it so much. And obviously we want to win and we want to win titles and that's, and you know, that's the goal and, and all that. But, you know, the main reason for 31 years that, that I love doing this is the relationships with the players on a daily basis. That's what makes it so much fun. Keeps, uh, (laughs) tries to keep me young and, um, and I enjoy the, you know, the everyday, um, banter with the guys the working with them and seeing them grow and um it's special so that's without a doubt that's an easy one for me um and to see what they do you know in their lives after um you know i've now my players are having their own children which is incredible um so that's that's the most special part you know like i I keep in touch with my 06 team. One of the guys just had a baby and we have a text group text. And those are the reasons that I coach and I love it for sure. 
Mm-hmm. Well, let me just say, you know, Coach, I, I said this at the top, but I meant this sincerely. Uh, you know, that confidence you inspire in your players in the program, it was contagious. It trickled down to us and our club tennis team. And I was serious when I said uh, just the experience we had undoubtedly made me willing to go out and try to do something like this. And so, again, you know, for all the interview, all the listeners out there, you can blame Coach Steinberg for this podcast's existence. But seriously, you made my college experience so much better. And obviously, I'm could not have someone I appreciate more and, you know, steering the ship of my favorite tennis program. So, Coach, obviously, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us. I know you have to head over to practice. Uh, tell all the guys I say hello as well. I definitely will, and I appreciate it. That was a lot of fun anytime, and thanks for having me. I really enjoyed it, and stay safe, stay healthy, um, and all the best. Yeah, and of course, I can't let you go without a go blue, right? And then go blue, baby. Of course. Take care, coach. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Take care. Bye. Hope all of you enjoyed our conversation with Coach Steinberg. Again, a huge shout out to him, not only for taking the time to chat with us, but seriously, his continued support of this podcast, of our efforts, for me in particular. Again, that sort of encouragement early on, it meant the world to me. So a huge thank you to him, a huge thank you to Chris, as always, for putting up with my garbage. And of course, if you want to hear more about the University of Michigan Wolverines men's tennis team heading into this 2021 season, go check out Matt's article on our website, crackrackets.com or go check out the conversation Chris, Matt, and I had breaking down this team, giving our thoughts, which you can listen to, I believe, on the Great Shot podcast for now, although that may alternate a little bit later as we get into this offseason. But of course, again, so much fun content right now going on for us here at Cracked Rackets. I've had some really cool conversations on this podcast of late. Obviously, Coach Diaz earlier in the week. We also had the chance to speak with both John Michael Gamble and James Blake. Uh, Obviously, those are two of the best American players of the past 25 years and so to get that opportunity to pick their brains that was always a pleasure and of course there's still plenty of tennis down the home stretch of this 2020 professional season if you have missed any of the action be sure to go check out our website crackedrackets.com where you can find this podcast the great shot podcast mini break podcast and inside out season one of course like rate subscribe review all to all of those shows be sure to share them with your friend again you need those more immediate updates twitter instagram facebook youtube we are at Cracked Rackets. You want to message me directly, I am at Great Shot Pod. Shout out, as always, to our super producers, Max Fleetner and Daniel Westoff, for the <laughs> of an editing job they do day in, day out. Shout out, of course, as well to our friends over at Midwest Sports and Aerobar. Go to MidwestSports.com, use that promo code CR15. Go to Aerobar.com, use that promo code Cracked15. But with that in mind, for our wonderful guests, Coach Adam Steinberg, my incredible co host, Chris Halliors, our super producers, Max Fleetner and Daniel Westoff, our friends at Midwest Sports and DraftKings and all of us here at both Cracked Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network. I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. You've been listening to another edition of the Cracked Interviews Podcast. Stay safe, stay healthy, and we'll talk to you all soon. Thanks, everyone.